This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 313. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 313, we are doing a little review of an upcoming brand new feature. The movie is PG, Psycho Gorman. It is out on January the 22nd in theatres, on demand and digital. But before we get to that review, as a little bonus in this episode, a bonus upon the bonus episode, I get a chance to interview Stephen Kostansky, the director and writer of the project. It's one of my favourite interviews I've carried out in quite some time. The dude is genuinely fucking awesome and hopefully you enjoy the back and forth bants that we had recorded. Um, And yeah, I I can't stress this enough, you're going to hear a lot of me gushing over this movie when the review drops later on in the episode and that's because I think Psycho Gorman is a pure fucking good in a world that needs it. So yeah, (laughs) that'll be coming up after the breaks. Now, Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up. We are second episode of the week already, believe it or not, just when you thought things were returning to a degree of normalcy, tons of episodes start reappearing. Um, Yesterday, we dropped a brand new episode, kicking off a new box set series. We're looking at the Forgotten Jally box sets by Vinegar Syndrome. I'm joined by Dave James Parker, and we're sitting down going through them. The first episode dropped in that series, which is The Police Are Blundering in the Dark from 1975. Check that one out, it's a ton of fun. That movie is weird, and that's all I have to say about that. This week still has plenty of content to come on Thursday, a bonus episode dropping your way. We're covering the movie Fingers, currently available on Shudder. And then on Sunday, 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 we take a look back over the 88 Films Slasher Classic Collection. It's this number 39 in the collection, which means we're discussing popcorn. And yeah, you will also be getting tomorrow on the Teapots Collective, um, basically a welcome to 2021 episode, which is going to kind of lay out where we are taking the sister feed to Podcast Under the Stairs in 2021 we're going to be discussing what is upcoming on Opera Omnia what is upcoming on Doing the Nasty what we're going to be covering in Chronicle and of course what the next season of Where to Begin With will be covering so all that will drop for you tomorrow as well Okay, we have done our due diligence at the start here. We have uh, shouted out what is coming up you're now in the know you've got the inside track but, but ladies and gents you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to take a very short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love when I return. I'm joined by Stephen Kostansky, director and writer of PG Psycho Gorman. And then after that interview, stick around as I review the movie for you. Plenty still to come on bonus episode 313. I'll be right back chatting to the director right after this. Hey. 
Feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So it is my privilege and pleasure at this time to bring in uh, a man who, I'm just going to be honest, uh, a bit starstruck here, love his stuff. Uh, It's Stephen Kostansky, and he has got a brand new movie coming out, which, I mean, it's been through the ringer, let's be honest. Uh, I think it was supposed to be out last year and doing the festival run and then COVID hit. But his new movie is dropping on the 22nd of January uh, on On Demand and Digital. And I think the recent news has come out that it's getting a physical release in March. It is PG, a.k.a. Cycle Gorman. Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm doing all right. I really can't complain despite uh, the circumstances of the world right now. I mean, I'm at home at home with my dog doing interviews all day. I think that's, you know... It's not too bad. Pretty relaxing. <laughs> the first question I'm going to have to ask, and I, I might be completely wrong, is that a shirt with the the Zardoz emble- emblem on it, or am I just making that up? Uh, yep, I got this in Austin, Texas. Dude, uh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, oh, there man. you go. I, is it times like these that I wish my podcast was a video one? Honestly, it's the coolest shirt I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I found it in a it's like a vintage shirt shop in Austin, Texas, and it was the last one that they had, so I had to buy it. I was Did, like, this shirt is just too crazy. It is so, easily the best shirt. <laughs> so it's not a conspiracy that um, the most famous Scotsman is on the back of your top. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I'm gonna pretend like I deliberately planned this. <laughs> uh, because, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Making me realize that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, uh, also R.I.P. Uh, Sean Connery. I know. Uh, I know. Best actors ever. Yeah, one of those ones where I think like the way the way we talked about it when it happened was it really was like the last of that breed of kind of leading men that didn't. I mean, you could put him in any role uh, and apparently from any country, and he would just be him, and you would just believe it. He didn't have to put on a Russian accent. Didn't have to be uh, Egyptian Spaniard. Um, he would just be uh, Sean yeah. Connery. You just accepted it, and I, I love that about him. And he's the last of that kind of breed of actors. I feel like another comparable actor to that, like maybe not in terms of like acting skill, but like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like <laughs> is the same way where you just you just plunk him in, and you're just like, well, that's Arnie yeah. as whatever. <laughs> of course, like, he's you, a. You I, just, I, of course he's an Austin sheriff. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, that makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're like mentioning Sean Connery in Highlander is such a perfect example because 
it's like, yeah, he says he's, yeah, Spanish, Egyptian. Egyptian Spaniard, and, yeah. Playing opposite and, and a Frenchman who's playing a Scotsman. And it's like the, yeah. it's the strangest bit of casting ever. And it weirdly works. That that works in that movie. I, I, I love it dearly. I mean, it's, it's like Sean Connery's charisma just makes you accept it. You're like, okay, whatever you say, man, I buy it. Like, <laughs> I'm, never, I'm in for the ride. <laughs> crossed their arms and was like, I'm not into this. This doesn't make any sense. Everybody was just like, yeah, sweet. If you've got, like, Psycho Gorman should have been out, it's almost, like, I think, a year ago. Was it supposed to play South by Southwest? Is that right? Yeah, so it was supposed to play March 13th. It was going to be the world premiere in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. And that was the day that everything seemed to fall apart. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we do... I believe it was the Sunday I got a call from my manager being like, I got bad news. Uh, like they're canceling South by Southwest. And yeah, it, it, like it's crazy that the premiere was going to happen like the day that the world basically fell apart. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we were just in a holding pattern waiting to figure out like, how are we going to navigate this? Um, but thankfully, like distributors were so hyped by the movie and so on board that like, you know, we, we sold the movie, we and we made a plan. The plan even changed, uh, like, a second time. Like, it was supposed to come out last October. Mm -hmm. Because, if you remember, everyone had this fantasy that, oh, this will all blow over by the fall. It's going to be gone, um, yeah. It's going to be, be a distant memory, yeah, everything will be back. It'll be back to normal. We'll, we'll all have a huge Halloween where we can all go out, and then mm -hmm. Christmas is going to be huge. And that obviously didn't happen. But, you know, we had to put it out sometime, so we set it, set the theatrical and VOD release date for January 22nd, uh, and then uh, March will be physical media, and then May it'll play Shutter. So not we're so hard awesome. to commit to that, even though, like, theaters are not exactly open right now. We want to make the movie be available to people, because, like, we can't sit on those forever. Like, I want, I yeah. want people to watch it have fun it just sucks that i can't be in a theater watching it with them like yeah i, I think that was the, the the kind of the big the big takeaway for me for watching the film is that i mean we, we've just come out of i don't need to stress it, a fairly miserable year um and like it kind of feels great that psycho gorman's kicking off the year because it's such a fun just just such a fun movie i i, I genuinely can't remember the last time i laughed at as much uh, a movie and it plays to a lot of things I grew up with so I mean there's there's elements of kind of like Yuzna's uh, Giver in there and Power Rangers oh. and all that stuff that just makes me feel happy and it does it in a I would say like in a, a kind of very reverential sort of way you know what I mean it's it's not it's not cynically poking fun at it it's actually if anything it's, it's been fairly true to like, there's, there's certain scenes in that I just and I have to ask because like, it's, it's one of these things where it feels like there's a cockroach in my brain um, about this. It's deliberate choice to make him dress like Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's cool, right? Because I was like, this is, I mean, it's too coincidental now. It's too coincidental. So where does, no. where does this come from? Like, Is that like the kind of the movies I'm mentioning? Is that kind of the source material that inspired you to make it? Or is it, or is it something further oh, yeah. afield? Well, it's that material for sure, and I'm glad that you mentioned Giver because I feel like I'm always the one that has to bring it up. But <laughs> specifically, Giver Two, mm -hmm. I have a 
passion and love for. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazingly bad movie, but for all the best reasons. You know what I mean? It takes that. The original like, is so kind of weirdly serious, and the second one, it just finds the the tone perfect. I think. Well, it, it finds that right, like super sentai tone, where it's like we need to have martial arts, like yeah. we need spectacle, good fight sequences at the very least. I mean, yeah, the plot is a little ho hum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel its budget and that they're constantly like, let's have another conversation in a tent. Like, <laughs> you know, like that. At a certain point, you want to go somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that movie, for me as a kid watching it, and it and I will further explain this idea. But with that movie, it bothered me as a kid that it was such a like fun on paper idea, like something that should be for kids. But mm-hmm. when I was watching it, it's like you know, they'll have like these kicky, punchy fight scenes, and then like a alien's head will get cut off and blood will spray. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, like vicious. <laughs> like the like disturbing violence threw me off, and I found it at odds with. The like kind of cartoony, cartoony nature of the story because it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon plot, like a video game premise. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to go into that intense violence for me as a kid was like this isn't like Power Rangers at all. This is like way more <laughs> intense. And so the like trauma of that is something that I'm kind of working out with PG. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go even further back in my history of this kind of experience, like one of my earliest memories of as a kid was. Uh, my parents renting Terminator 2 and oh, watching yeah. that. Um, and the same situation happened where, like, I love the chrome skeleton robots shooting lasers, mm-hmm. but I'm also horrified by seeing, like, security guards getting impaled through the eye yeah. and, like, guys <laughs> getting their kneecap shot out. And so it was like I was disturbed and excited at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to bring that vibe out with... PG is I wanted to make it feel like like an adult movie for kids in the way that as a kid I felt like I was watching these adult movies that had kid elements to them yeah uh, so straddling that line of being like playful and and like feeling like a Saturday morning cartoon or like Power Rangers but then also leaping into like brutal dark violent stuff mm-hmm. uh, and always trying to like mess with the audience on like which thing you were going to see like were you going to get a jokey punchline or were you going to get a violent punchline to a sequence and just constantly like like riding that line and jumping back and forth uh was one of the things i wanted to accomplish with this film i think you've nailed it i think um there i also really love the introduction of a kind of backstory mythology without going to like i think sometimes um we can get well who are these people and why are they there and then we spend time explaining it i don't always think it accelerates the plot i think what you do perfectly in this one is you have the, all those scenes of like the, this council of aliens sitting there with no real backstory as to who they are and we don't really need to know who they are it's kind of like when you watch star wars um like when you yes. go to the cantina and there's just all these aliens around and that's fine because we've already i mean it's intergalactic so why wouldn't there be aliens all around and i don't need to know who they are or where they're from and i love yeah. those elements as well i thought that worked like it, it, some of the funniest sequences is watching them interact um and <laughs> and be so human in their interactions, you know, like, yeah, what he said. I, I thought all that worked really, really well. 
Um, you really go in for the practical effects in this one, which are people that are fans of your style will know. Um, that that's you know that's uh, that's one of the big selling points. Um, logistically, how difficult is that in twenty? 19 when you shot it or 2018 or whenever it was nowadays or is the industry really pushing you towards digital effects or is it still fairly easy I, enough to get your hands on buckets of blood uh i mean considering how busy we are at the shop right now with all the shows that uh masters effects is doing masters effects the company that i work for when i'm not directing movies i'm also working creature effects mm-hmm. um it's so busy in the city right now even though we're still deep in a pandemic That's like yeah. with the film industry's going and it's like every show has makeups and gore gags and bodies and creatures and so i think like past like 10 years it seems like it's really come back and been a crucial part of every show i've ever worked on like it's almost it's almost gotten to the point where like when when a discussion ends with them being like we'll do this with vfx we're almost like relieved because we're like okay (laughs) They know, they get that this is like a super complicated thing that like trying to do it in camera is not practical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's comes a certain point where doing practical effects isn't practical. And I think productions are starting to realize what that line is and knowing that those departments need to work together. Yeah. Um, so like now on these shows, the conversations are always, it's always both departments working together and not just like fighting over who's going to do what. It's yeah. like, What's the best way to achieve a thing? How much of it can be practical? Because obviously having things in camera always looks better. Mm-hmm. But then when you need to assist that with VFX. And it's it's more of a conversation now. I feel like people are getting it more. Whereas I feel like the late like 2000s, it felt like yeah. it, it was like a full push for CG because it was like the new shiny thing. Yeah. Um, but I think we're, we're past that now. And now we've realized like it's all just... These are all just tools in a toolbox and figuring out which is the right tool is uh, the, the thing that needs to happen and not so much just being like CG for everything or practical for everything. Yeah, it's weird that indie um, cinema is the one that's really kind of championed that. You would, uh, you know, like, kind of almost like a, grassroot, a grassroots movement of indie filmmakers kind of growing up with that aesthetic that, you know, there's almost that level of, no, that's, I want to do it that way. You know, I want to emulate the filmmakers that I saw before and I think that's I think that's brilliant I think there's there's a part that you, you could easily go down that road I also think it dates your movie as well if you go back like some of those movies you mentioned about from the 2000s and oh, you go back 100%. and watch them and you're just like oh no <laughs> um, well I feel like if even if you're doing practical effects that are like maybe not the most convincing mm-hmm. it still is achieving that like kind of fantasy effect that you wanted to have that I feel like is just true it is just a constant truth of cinema yeah whereas CG feels at times like a gimmick yep that that is specific to a time period mm-hmm. whereas practical effects it's like they've always been there yeah like we've all like going back to even just like not even movies but like theater or like doing practical effects for like theater productions uh like like you know you don't have cg for that obviously and like that's a thing that's been around for forever so i think practical effects like they they're timeless um but i think we're getting to a point where cg and practical effects are working together 
to achieve the best result that doesn't date your movie as yeah. well. So I, I, we're in a really good time for special effects. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it aids the movie, specifically a movie like this. It just it's that it's that cherry on top of the Sunday. It's just just one more reason to enjoy it. Now I'm fully aware uh, that I've got a finite amount of time with you, so um, we'll, we'll probably bring this in. It's worth saying and reiterating again. Your movie's out in the twenty second on on demand and digital, and in limited theatre run. It's also available physically in March, and I can't stress enough. Like this is the best way to kick off your year. Like I just, I've got a feeling that twenty twenty one is going to be good, um, and your movie's linked in with that. That's that feeling now. So it's, it's there. Oh, thank you very much. Let's yeah, fingers crossed that PG somehow magically cures COVID, <laughs> and uh, then yeah, the, the twenty twenty one will be forever. Yeah. Um, do you have any social media or anything you want to to kind of pimp out at the end here? Yeah, uh, people, if they want to follow my work, I'm at Kill Kostansky on Instagram. Uh, so that's the best place to check me out. Phenomenal. Stephen, I wish you all the success with this movie. I can't wait to see what else comes from that brain of yours. I imagine it's going to be right up my alley anyway. And uh, I look forward to chatting to you somewhere down the road. Yeah, let's do this again sometime, man. It was great chatting to you. Thanks very much, Stephen. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Many moons ago, a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces, and I will Mimi, take your look. screams as I... Is this yours? Oh... Oh my god. The gem of Paraxidike. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. And wait for us to come back in the morning. You will suffer an eternity for this. Bye! Mom, Dad, I want you to meet Psycho Gorman. Or PG for short. I will bathe in your blood. Don't worry. Be worried. gonna kill everybody not unless i tell him to what did you three maniacs get up to um this is getting a little weird this sick game must come to an end she will enslave the galaxy into endless servitude kill him cool he will not stop the ultimate evil has awoken God in town. And his name? Psycho Gorman. It was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead. Alright, bye. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Psycho Gorman, which is getting released in theatres on demand and digital at the end of the week, January 22nd. Now, this is being distributed by RLGE Films and will be out on Shudder, like Stephen said before the break there, in May. It's finding its way to a physical release in March, so if you want that Blu-ray, and I know I want that Blu-ray, so I will be picking it up, uh, you can check it out then. But um, if you can't wait, you really want to just get a chance to sink your teeth into ASAP, and I would suggest you do that as well. 
throw your money at this guy. I, I really love what he does, so please do that. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, the movie is available from the 22nd of January. Theatres on demand and digital. Now, the blurb that was sent to me goes a little as follows. Written and directed by Stephen Kostansky of The Void, The Divide and Father's Day fame, PG Psycho Gorman stars Matthew Ninabur from Transference, Nita Joshihana of Books of Blood and Fourteen, Owen Meyer of Nosferatu and Alternate Ground, Adam Brooks of The Return of Father's Day, and Stephen Villus of Alien House and The Apprentice. Siblings Mimi and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord who was entombed on Earth millions of years ago after a failed attempt to destroy the universe. They nicknamed the evil creature Psycho Gorman, or PG for short, and use a magical amulet they discover to force him to obey their childish whims. It isn't long before PG's reappearance draws the attention of intergalactic friends and foes from across the cosmos and a rogues gallery of alien combatants converge in the small town suburbia to battle for the fate of the galaxy. So that is your, that's your blurb. Um, so, cards on the table. I am a big fan of Astron 6. I'm not always the biggest fan of everything they do. Um... I'm actually not the biggest fan of The Void. I appreciate it for what it does. Um, my complaints have always been grounded in that I like the fact that it referenced Hellraiser. I like the fact that it's referencing Assault and Precinct 13 and other Carpenter products. But at the same time, I always kind of felt that the movie was a little bit too dark overall to see some of the wonderful practical effects that were happening in there. And at times, it was so reverential towards certain movies, particularly the Carpenter ones, that it just made me pine to watch Carpenter, which, I mean, I, I like movies that make me remember the quality of other movies from the past, but not at the detriment of your own movie. So, I mean, I went back, I've seen it a few times actually, and it, it's grown on me a little bit, but it's still, still not a movie I would reach for. Father's Day, on the other hand, dear God almighty, is that that's just a pure fucking good and don't even get me started on the editor the editor is like one of I mean it's not it's a you know it's not technically a jallo but it's one of the best non-jallo jallos ever made um, so I always know that whatever they do they're putting their heart and soul into it and Stephen Kostanskip in particular seems to really wear his influences on his sleeve as you heard in the interview there I made reference to things that I picked out from it and you know I, it sounds like I wasn't far off the mark I certainly got that Giver feel while watching it and yeah if you grew up like in the same era I grew up then you grew up with Power Rangers and this movie is certainly playing into a lot of that as well, there's a bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there as well, to an extent. Um, but yeah, so much, so much fun to be had. Um, so swinging it at Psycho Gorman, I'd seen the trailers, and I was on board. I thought it looked kind of goofy, and I watched it. And this movie really, it kind of floored me. This is the sort of movie that I don't think you're gonna get often, and land with the impact that it does if that makes sense probably doesn't but let me get into what I mean behind that and that there's a ton of movies out there that are you know the the kind of big fight splatter sort of movies but not all of them are done with the level of fun and at the same time a grounding where it's you know it's aiming specifically at 
entertainment for people and fun and laughter and like he said himself it kind of grabs a nostalgia of being a kid watching things but adds all the danger of it being a movie for adults and Psycho Gorman is it has that in spades it is very 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 funny I mean the humour I lost count how many times I kind of lost it with laughter and it can be through subtle things that characters do the dialogue itself the script is very witty and very fun but the comedic timing um, along with the kind of splatter is is what really elevates the movie I love its world building this is a movie that I think for the best reasons doesn't get bogged too much in with who's this guy and what's this guy doing what's his position in the what you know it doesn't need to do that at all it kind of throws you into the middle of this ongoing intergalactic saga and you kind of roll with it very much once again like I said in my interview very much like Star Wars does you never really go into the the cantina in Star Wars and start going well where's he from you don't do that you just accept that you know as soon as you say there's alien planets and there's aliens on those planets you just have to accept that that's the universe now a lot of that stuff plays very well the score in this movie is bitchin totally sits in tandem with what you're seeing on the screen and it kicks up at times it's a bit melancholic and a bit uh, I would say a bit schmoozy and cheesy uh, when it has to be and then when the action starts it, it totally rips into that kind of late 80s early 90s badass sort of soundtrack stuff that, that really kind of works in tandem with what you're seeing. Special effects are on point and I mean that should surprise no one that's because Kostansky's background and um, yeah he knows what he's doing he knows when to do it and he knows how to film it so even at times when you're like I mean this feels a little bit cheesy and a little bit kind of schlocky what you get in here is um, I've like <laughs> I like camera angles and quick cuts are, are prolonged shots where you know we're just laughing at the absurdity of what we're seeing on the screen and it really works um, interestingly enough, when we were talking in the interview and he was mentioning Giver, um, I, I love that first one, uh, the, the Yuzna one, um, but I, I do have a soft spot. I've probably seen the second one more than the first one, if I'm honest, and the second one is much more the action movie than the first one is, and a lot less of the kind of the kind of very straight-faced, try-to-take-it-serious sort of scenario by the second one you've got like rubber suits flying all the place in a you know an underground mine shaft and it's kind of amazing and scenes of real violence like well like a spike goes in blood starts coming out and it comes out for a while psycho gorman's got exactly the same but it's just the modern version of that the kids are brilliant in this i love the kid actors and that can be a really difficult point for me to get on board with is you know how are the how are the kids going are they completely obnoxious in a way I can't get behind and what you have is Mimi who is at times completely the most obnoxious character in the world and look at times far too timid and by the end of it you just want everything to work out well for this family even though they are the most flawed flawed family of all time um, I, I love that aspect about it as well and it just goes to to show that because you have a creature and blood and all the rest it doesn't mean that you can't spend a bit of time really kind of setting up and paying off the jokes with the family and uh, Costanzi's script, script does that incredibly well I think what you also have in the movie is a very quick runtime 
and a movie that doesn't really take its foot off the pedal. Like, from about, what, two, three minutes into the movie, we have our amulet, and then it's off to the races, and it doesn't ever really look back. And every time you think you've seen, like, the next level of, oh, well, that's, you know, that's going to come back later on, they're very quickly to, well, they, they very quickly put a pin in things and move on to the next big bad in the movie, which I also think is kind of great. There's a constant feeling of escalation um, leading towards a crescendo. The ending, I think, is absolutely fucking hilarious. And there's a couple of running jokes in there. I'm glad that Stephen managed to confirm my Sam Neill uh, brain itch because it really was. It was driving up the one like he is dressed like he is in Jurassic Park. That cannot be a coincidence. And I'm glad to see that it wasn't. But it's just one of about 40 things you'll see this movie and go, I wonder if that's a little nod to this. I wonder if that's a little nod to that. All the way through it. And there's a real craft to doing that any any way which is so not on the nose like making Psycho Gorman dress like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park with no explanation and no reason and no dinosaurs I think is very funny because it's a filmic reference that if you're paying attention you'll pick up but at the same time it's not really serving any massive purpose if you know what I mean it's not because we're about to start dealing with dinosaurs or anything where it would be linked back to something like a Jurassic Park so that just hits me just right. The movie itself has been in limbo. You heard uh, Stephen say it himself. It should have been out about this time last year. So the fact that we're getting it at the start of this year is a kind of bittersweet scenario. Yes, I'm sure they're over the moon that it's getting distributed by RLJE Films. I'm sure they're over the moon that Shudder's putting it out in May. But really, a movie like this kind of lives and dies on how well it performs um, in the physical media as well as those digital sales as well. So, I mean, I think it's great. I think humour-wise, it's pitched perfect. Um, I had read a review today, interestingly enough, where they hypothesised that maybe there'd be a lot more people that didn't like this movie. And I just can't see how you wouldn't like this movie if you have a sense of humour. It doesn't take itself serious. It's so over the top. It's so fun. And if you have a passing interest in anything that Astron 6 has put out, then I can't see how you wouldn't enjoy Psycho Gorman. I think it ticks all those boxes. It's a movie that I know for a fact I will go back to and back to and back to. I will be pre-ordering that Blu-ray. I will be getting it imported to Scotland if I have to. Um, and it genuinely was one of the coolest dudes I've ever spoke to. And much mad props to any man that rocks with a Zardoz shirt. I mean, that in itself, like, almost gives you instant, like, and lifelong street cred with me because it's such an obscure movie to own a shirt that looked like that. So, yeah, I mean, I can't undersell this enough if I tried. Psycho Gorman, for me, is a five-star movie. It is a five-star movie, not because it's the best acted or, the, you know, the best put-together movie, but it is the most entertaining movie I've seen in quite some time. And, it's you know, if this is not in my top ten at the end of the year, we've had a pretty spectacular 2021. And I'm saying that in January. That's how much I'm putting my stall out. I think this movie is absolutely fucking brilliant. It does everything that I want. It is super entertaining, super gory, and you switch your brain off and just sit back and be entertained. Five out of five for Psycho Gorman. And like I say, it's available in theatres, on demand and digital January 22nd. That's the end of this week. Do not 
sleep on this. For those that have Shudder, it will be there in May. And for those that are like myself, collectors of the physical media as well, then please pick it up on Blu-ray when it comes out in March. I'm going to take my final break when I come back. I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 313, a review of the upcoming movie Psycho Gorman, aka PG, which is available 22nd of January in theatres, on demand and digital. Check it out. Huge thanks to Stephen Kostansky for jumping across chatting with me. Dude, I wish we'd had more time. I, w- I feel like we were just scratching the surface of something really interesting and I could have happily talked to you for a couple hours without breaking a sweat, man. Honestly, it was, it was a ton of fun. Massive thanks to Katrina Wan for setting up the interview as well as supplying me with the review copy. Um, love those folks over there. And uh, yeah, they've hooked me up with a screener of The Reckoning, the new Neil Marshall movie, and hopefully, fingers crossed, a little interview with the big guy somewhere down the line would be kind of fucking awesome as well. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you never miss any episodes coming out from under the stairs, as well as access to the over 800 episodes in our back catalogue. You can also subscribe to the Teapots Collective, which gives you access to the other shows I do, whether it's where to begin with, which is wrapping up its season looking at Giallo, a little bit of Opera Omnia, which is wrapping up its season looking at Peter Strickland, about to start a brand new season looking at David Fincher, uh, maybe a little bit of doing the nasty for all your tier 3 video nasty needs, and of course a little bit of Chronicle set to come back next month with a brand new theme running through 2021 in European horror cinema. So yeah, subscribe to both the Teapots Collective and the podcast Under the Stairs. It's the best way to support me. The website is teapotscast.com. Our merch page is teapotscast.bigcartel.com. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast. And um, why not, why not check out that Teapots Collective page, which is facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. Couldn't be any easier. Could not be any easier. You can reach out and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TeaputsCast. The podcast under the stairs will return for your reviewing pleasure this Thursday with the Shudder exclusive. We'll be covering Fingers. It's a brand new title. It came out last week. I've still to see it. People have told me I'll either love it or loathe it and we will find out where I fall on Thursday, but until then, whatever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.